Welcome back to this week's episode of For the Players, the podcast, with me, Sam Revis, and your co-host, Justin Nolly. We had a great episode last week with Preston from the New York Red Bulls. Justin, thoughts? It's a great uh, little interview we had with them. Very informational. Good yeah, seems like a great guy. Very excited for his continued development and, and his journey with Red Bulls to continue when the season gets back up after coronavirus and everything. So this week we have my good friend Dom from Southern California. He was recruited to play at Creighton um, and then through a little bit of controversy that we'll hear about today, he ended up having to leave the team um, and went to junior college for a little bit and is now up at University of San Francisco. So very excited to hear about his process and everything. Um, anything to add, Justin, before we get started? No, this sounds like a good story. I'm uh, looking forward to this podcast. Very excited. All right, let's get him on. All right, welcome, Dom, to For the Players, the podcast. How are we doing today in quarantine? Good, good. How are you? Good, man, good. Just trying to get through this, you know? Yeah. Um, so, don't know if you listened to episode one last week with Preston, um, but basically how it works here is you and I kind of just get into a little chit-chat, um, talk about how we met, um, how our paths cross, and... Then we kind of go into the main portion of the interview, um, talking about your college recruitment, uh, your life as a college player with a few sets of questions to go along with that. Um, and then we have the fan questions at the end, which always bring a little bit of excitement. So very excited. Um, as I told you personally, I was really looking forward to getting you on here. Um, you know, after everything that's kind of happened to you in the last, what, 12 months, you could say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so you and I met at what, the Villanova camp four years yeah, ago? Villanova camp. Um, my, so I was, I think my junior year, going into senior, so summer 2016. Yeah. Cause I was the same. And then when I took the gap year and everything, you went ahead. Cause then I came and visited that the fall, your first fall at Creighton. But yeah, man, that feels, it feels like so long ago. And I like, there's, there's people now that I all look back and like, cause there's pictures and video and whatever. And like, I'll look back at that camp and I'm like, who, like, I don't even remember these people. Like, I wonder, I always wonder where these people ended up. So yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's funny still, cause you and I, it feels like we've known each other for a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah. it's, it's not that long. Yeah, I think, you know, just kind of being in the same boat um, in terms of like, oh, we're trying to get to that division one level, trying to get to where we want to be, kind of helps people bond over, you know, the same grind, the same mentality they have to have, but not, you know, everyone can push themselves to it. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's 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 an interesting process to kind of look at from both an insider and an outsider perspective. Um, anything on that, Justin? What what youth club did you play for? These are these are the interview questions, Justin. <laughs> you need to jump into it. You're just doing too much in this background. That's what it is, bro. That's that's the first segment. Well, you're you're taking too long. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we'll hop into the interview. Question one: uh, What was your youth soccer experience like? Um, so I was in Pacific Coast Soccer Club, which is the local club in Santa Monica, for I want to say seven or eight years. Before I decided, you know, it wasn't a big club, and if I wanted to get, you know, to a top division in school, I probably, it was best for me to leave. Um, the fan, like my, I really good family friend of mine was our head coach. Like there's a bond there, but he knew it was best for me. So I ended up going to Cal Rush and playing there for only a year, but it set me up in big tournaments. Um, you know, uh, surf Dallas and, uh, West coast deep in the national cup tournaments like that. And once I got recruited my senior year of high school, a bunch of friends who were also going to play college 
and uh, our parents decided to put us together for like one last year in club with uh, Tata Football Academy, which was probably my best experience playing soccer. It was basically all, all my friends and I were committed somewhere and we were just playing for fun and we honestly had a really good team because about everyone on the roster was playing college soccer. Yeah, so I mean, you're you're kind of one of the, I guess one of the exceptions for people I know of not playing academy and still making it to that Division One level, which kind of leads into the next question of... Um, well, be, before we jump into that next question, Sam, uh, I know when I was growing up, we didn't really have academies, and the way we got recruited was more through like Dallas Cup and Surf Cups. Um, I know things have changed completely since when I was younger compared to you guys. I'm a lot older than you guys, but interesting to see how they're more focused on getting academy players to play D1 instead of just finding players at tournaments. I mean, I did, like, dabble kind of in the DA rings. Like, uh, I think when I was around 13, 14, when I was playing with the 99s for SoCal DC, I did go and, like, try out for um, the Chivas USA Academy. But that was the year when it, it all fell apart and it all merged with Galaxy. So it was, like, full team going to Galaxy, like, full rosters, coaches, and I just decided, you know, I'd rather play club, play high school, and, you know, get seen through camps and stuff. And obviously, I, I thought I was good enough, obviously, to play DA, but I also, you know, I was good enough to, to get to where I wanted to without, you know, playing DA at the same time. Right. Were there any, were any DAs close to where you lived? Because I know Santa Monica's obviously not in the um, central. Yeah, not really, because there's, like, paths, but that's pretty far. Like, Real SoCal's pretty far. Like, I'd say LA Galaxy might be the closer one, or the closest one, and that's in Carson, which is still, you know, LA traffic Right. at that time. And it's pretty bad. I think another thing that strayed me away from, like, DA or, like, Galaxy was, was actually their, their, like, online schooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was already at a really good high school, and I didn't want to, like, you know, just leave and do online high school and, like, not be around all my friends and stuff like that. So that was definitely another thing that obviously I took into consideration. Right. No, definitely. I think that there's an importance on education for, it should be for the majority of players, because playing careers are only so short. So um, that definitely... Sounds like it makes sense. Anything else, Jay, before question two? No, go ahead. Sounds good. Just wanted to get a little bit more background information. Uh, I respect that. I do. Um, Just kind of going back, Dom, on uh, what you were talking about earlier, describe your college recruitment process um, kind of in a more detailed, more detailed to, to Creighton specifically. Um, obviously go as detailed as you can without giving away information, but, um, just kind of what that process looked like for you, um, throughout the, throughout the, the couple of years that it took place. Um, so I think it was my sophomore, junior, I decided I needed to go to a bigger club or with coaches with connections kind of thing. And, um, honestly, I think I got started a little late. I, you know, wasn't as on top of like the emails and the sending recruiting videos and that type of stuff. So, um, you know, once it came to like my junior September 1st with the rollback then, that's when I started to kind of, you know, first getting my name out there when like other recruits were getting my name out there previously. And then when September 1st came out, these coaches knew, oh, this is blah, 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 blah. I was kind of like first introducing myself to them. And, um, so I think that kind of set me a little back. And then I did, my dad and I were like, okay, we need to, you know, get out there. My dad was a big help. He's like, well, obviously we're a little behind. So that's when I started going to the camps, like Villanova. I went to Drexel, Creighton, Denver. I, I went to like six or seven camps in that one summer. And uh, which really helped me do. I went to a camp up north. And I was playing well at all of them, but, you know, I was struggling a little, getting all tired. And then Creighton was the last camp I went to, and I got about a week, week and a half break in between, like, my last camp, dude, and Creighton. And prior to that, I was 
like camps like back to back weeks. Like I was just traveling all over the country, and finally, you know, I got a good break, and and here's you know, Crane at the time was number one for ten weeks straight. They you know had a great program going, and actually, my brother was one of their goalies. So that was kind of my end with Creighton was the fact that my brother was a goalie there. Obviously, you know, you can have a sibling, you obviously have to perform. So I got to the Creighton camp and I started off really strong, you know, playing really well. And the coaches saw that and I got to play in the All-Star game, which is basically playing against current players, alumni, faculty, whoever was there. I played incredible in that game and and then after each camp, I would reach out to the head coach or assistant coach, whoever um, had came up to me or I had gone to to talk to. And uh, I emailed who, uh, Alma Bolish, who was the, the head coach at the time at Creighton. Um, and he just basically emailed me back saying, you know, like, we should talk soon about um, my future and, and where I want to be. And he said, my future at Creighton. So obviously I said, definitely we can get on a call. And um, at that point, I would say not many schools are recruiting. You know, honestly, like Creighton was the only one who really was reaching out. And that was surprising because I had been contacted by a few other coaches. I know Drexel contacted me. I was talking to Sam Bondra for a while, my junior or sophomore year, because I went to a few other camps. I ended up basically my only offer came from Creighton. And did they did they see you so, play again after the camp? No, so I went to the camp, and then I emailed Elmar. You know, like I want to say a few days later, and he said I'm on vacation. Uh, we set up a call when I'm when I'm back. So I said, definitely call them. He said, we really like what we saw. I'm offering you, you know, a spot on the team. He gave me an offer. And I said, okay. And he said, take as much time. You could take like an hour, a day, a month. Like, think it over, talk to your family. So obviously, I called my dad, told him. And the next day, at the same time, I called him back. I told him, you know, I want to, I want to go to Creighton. And that was, honestly, I had a pretty different recruitment process than I, I would say a lot of people did. I had a lot of support there with my brother already there. Um, you know, going to the college is a hard transition. So I knew having someone there, knowing people there already because of my brother would, would help. And I was like, you know, this, this is definitely a place where I could see myself being. So it was pretty easy. Uh, especially with them being a top 10 program at the time, I decided to commit pretty quickly um, in August of 2016, right before my senior year. Which then transitioned to, as you were saying, kind of getting the chance to play with your friends and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say definitely different than probably a lot of people, a lot of guests that we'll have, because um, mostly, of course, being with the camp. Um, and, and I know you went to quite a few camps so um just kind of building off that what is your opinion or kind of thought process on like kids who are thinking about camps and and thinking about taking the time to travel and to kind of go try and impress a coach for the first time um at one of these camps what do you think about those yeah you know i think a lot of time camps are set up for a modest vision purpose. You know, the coaches are trying to bring an extra revenue to their team. I think the camps, obviously they put a lot of emphasis on the camps. But I think the biggest thing is you, as a player, have to reach out first and build that relationship with the coach. Because if you're just some random kid going to this camp, they don't know who you are, they're not they're not going to be like spending that much time when they're 75 to a hundred more kids. You know, if you build that relationship prior, be like, hi coach, my name is blah, blah, I play for this team. Here's my recruiting video. I'm coming to your camp in a few months. I would love to keep the contact and love to be watch me. And they like you, they'll be like, okay, we'll definitely keep an eye on you at the camp. So that's 
what I felt I did correctly at some camps and poorly at some camps. I remember Denver, I didn't reach out. I played really well, and I didn't get selected for the All-Star game. But one of the assistants told me, you know, he thinks I should have, but it just happened where, like, we knew these kids. And I was like, okay, but then, you know, Creighton, I reached out prior, I impressed them, and I got, you know, to play in that All-Star game. So I think as much as camps can help, I think they can also be a waste of time um, if you're not reaching out prior. Obviously, once you get to the camp, it's about performing. There's no offense, that's about it. Like, if you get to the camp and you're a no-name, but you're, let's say you're, like, a striker and you're putting away, like, a few goals, like, in the in a small side of matches and it, we go open up to the 11 the 11 and you're still putting the ball away, then, I mean, they're obviously going to see you. It's hard not to. But I think just being proactive with getting your name out in the face in front of the faces of the coaches so they know who you are when that day comes is really beneficial. Right. I think there's obviously a balance to it. Like, there's some camps, as you said, that'll be better than others, and there's some that almost feel like a waste of time to, to put it as simply as possible. But no, I, I yeah. definitely I definitely agree with that. Anything on that on that camp piece, Jay? Or uh, Dom's Creighton journey? Uh, I was just going to ask about, you know, like campus life or what else drew you to Creighton besides, you know, like being comfortable since your brother was there and they gave you like, you know, an offer to play there. What else drew you to Creighton? I know they were a top 10 team. Um, yeah, so... When I was first looking at schools, you know, I thought, oh, I want a big school, you know, lots of kids, big college lifestyle, you know, that lifestyle where, like, you see on um, whatever, you know, that lovely college lifestyle you think of. And as it got down to it, I, I took more, again, more in-depth look and thought about, okay, like, the education part because Creighton is a great school. So you think I could either be in a class with, 300 other people and the teacher has no idea who I am or I could be in a class with 25 other people the teacher knows exactly who I am if I'm struggling what I'm struggling with um, so I think that took a big portion of my decision you know like okay like if I fall behind in a school in, in, in the class that teacher's gonna want to help me you know it was 4,000 undergrads so it was a pretty small school. Um, I knew like I can, I can get pretty close to my friends, you know, meet new people, but not in a way where like oh, I'll see someone and then like I won't see them again for a couple months because the school is so big. So I think at the end of the day, as much as I thought I wanted that big school vibe, um, you know, the, the smaller school was a better fit for me in terms of education, social, and even sports, you know, where, you know, sports, like, at smaller schools are, are a pretty big thing, because, you know, smaller schools tend to have, you know, lots of school pride, you know, so, that, there's a lot going on into my decision, besides, obviously, the athletic aspect. Right, and I think that the, the you made a really good point with the class size and education as a whole at these universities because I, I I know I'm going through it right now, um, just kind of realizing that the situation with the teachers isn't exactly what I expected, but I didn't really look at that when I was looking into my college search. So definitely keeping that as a key point um, to just kind of be aware of when you're looking at schools, just to know that there is more than soccer. Um, yeah, no, and I think another thing, actually, I forgot to mention, it, they do have a lovely campus, but um, also I think when looking into schools, like if I would have, I, I don't think I would have changed my decision, but like looking back at it, I probably also would have taken uh, weather into account. Great. Omaha is cold. It is, it is, yeah, it's freezing, so, I mean, I had never been in cold like that, I had never seen snow prior to Creighton, so I mean... It was a good experience, and I definitely wouldn't change that. Yeah. I mean, Dom knows this, Justin, but when I went, I was dying. I got off the plane, yeah. and I had to Uber over to Dick's Sporting Goods because I didn't have a jacket because I came from Florida. 
I was freezing. Like it, it was, it was no joke. And then I remember I sat with Carlos for your guys' game, Dom, and we were sitting up there, and he was like, I, I, I looked at him, and I was like, What are you doing? Like, how do you, how do you do this? And he goes, Bro, I'm from Minnesota. I, I am, I am okay, and I'm over there, yeah. I'm over there dying in three sweatshirts and a jacket, like. The California boys are a little bit uh, a little bit different from those guys. Dude, it's just it was bad. But no, all all some great points. It sounds like I mean you once you figured out what you wanted to do in terms of the process, you really went and got it done. So um mm-hmm. definitely a key point. Um kind of just on life at Creighton in the two years that it was, um or one and a half, whatever it was, um yeah, favorite on the field memory, favorite off the field memory. I would say I probably have two favorite on the field memories. Probably my debut against Tulsa. That was obviously um, something I'll cherish. You know, making that first appearance. One thing dude, that might trump that is uh, playing in the same game as my brother. That was that was pretty cool. We both at Teton Hall. We both um, got to play on the field together, which which not everyone can say, you know, but they played in a, a game with their older brother. So I would definitely say that would probably be my uh, top moment on the field. Um, off the field, man, there's too many. I would, I would just say the relationships I made with, you know, my friends, um, like my, my, four, my three roommates freshman year, uh, Carlos, Austin, and Rose. There's just there's too many good times with them that I can't I can't really pinpoint a favorite off the field memory. Uh, right, right. Justin, anything about college off the field life? We don't. You're not on. You're not on the interview block. We don't need to go into your days. But anything? Any questions? Uh, no, nothing really. I'm, just, I'm eager to hear about. Uh, what happened after the two years because it sounds like so much uh, experience that I went through. Um, yeah, so basically, freshman fall, I came in and I was playing super well and they asked me if I wanted a shirt and I said no because I, knew I thought I could help the team. So I, basically the next game, I was in the 18 and I was playing, played the next few games in and out kind of first second sub so that was basically the basis of my freshman year then saw us uh, freshman spring they moved me back to left back i was playing left at the time in the fall and they moved me back to left back and i was starting all throughout uh spring started every game played well um then sophomore spring came and basically in the, in the sorry sophomore fall came the spring of my freshman year, they told me, you know, that like the chances of me starting are, are super hot. So, you know, I'm going into sophomore spring with, with confidence, you know, oh, like I'm going to get my chance to show what I have, you know. And um, right off the bat, uh, first practice, I was not with the uh, starting eleven, you know, so that obviously um, sucks. So I was playing well. But our assistant coach was on me constantly saying, you know, I wasn't working hard. It didn't look like I wanted to be there. Like, it was something wrong. And and I, I was like, I'm playing well. Like, I, I don't know what, like, you're asking. He's like, no, you're playing well. It's like, we just don't, like, something just seems off. And it just was, they see the entirety of my sophomore year, it was a battle of me against the coaches. I, I was playing super well, but they they just said that I didn't look like I wanted to be there. And it was confusing because if I'm playing well, working hard, how does it seem like I don't want to be there? And I thought it was funny because once I went in and talked to the coaches and, and they're like, oh, well, you know, like you get up and down the line and you get back on defense and you're playing well, but it doesn't really seem like you're working hard. And as a left back, if you're getting up and down the line, both offensively and defensively and playing well, you know, I'm, most of the time, you're you're pretty you're working pretty hard. You know, it was just a little confusing, and, and I didn't know what to do. So, I I thought about you know transferring 
at some point in the fall. But uh, in the summer, the team was going to Germany, and and I knew that was a great opportunity. And my dad, you know, said, you know, take some time, uh, just just see how the fall goes, just play everything out. So I decided to redshirt my my sophomore season. So you played your freshman year, and the sophomore year you redshirted, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So then sophomore spring, I wasn't playing. A kid was playing over me that, I mean, it's still in my eyes. There's no way I believe he should have been playing over me. And so basically he played most of the first couple games of spring season. And then Denver came around, and we went down 2-0, both goals coming on that side. And they decided to put me in at left back. And the kid who was just eating him up, I stopped and we came back and ended up winning the game. And they basically told me, you know, like, you, you changed the game for us. Like, this is what we expected out of you the entire time. And so I was like, okay. Um, started the next game, played incredibly well. Started the last game. Uh, first, this first game I started was against University of Nebraska, Omaha, who was our cross-side rival. So it was a huge game. Lots of energy, and I played incredible. And, and then I played um, the last game against Wisconsin, which I played well as well. And um, so I'm thinking, okay, like I just ended the spring great. I killed the fitness test at the end of spring. Like I'm thinking, you know, this is this is good. I'm gonna be able to, you know, make my mark. And you know, next fall it was a little setback, but it's all good. And then they told me. Basically, they didn't know if I was going to be on the team the next year. And I was kind of, yeah, I was super surprised. I talked to my team about it, and they were all like, what? Like, what do you mean? And I was basically just telling them that, um, yeah, they, they, they were saying they didn't know if they would have a spot, or they didn't know if I was going to be on the team because they didn't think, I guess, I was important enough. Um, so then I talked to my dad, and it was funny because they made me go through all the physicals for Germany, like I was going to go. And the coach showed up and was like, oh, I'm so glad you're here at the physical, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, all right, well, this is a good time. But, um, and then I, I was talking, and, and, and you know, my, my coach, my old coach from club and my dad, you know, like, like I can help you find somewhere and I'm like no I think I'm gonna be fine and um the last day of spring uh semester I think I was thinking like there's no way on the last day of spring semester they would tell me that I'm not gonna go on the team because that automatically like like there's no chance I'm gonna be able to get to a division one school with with being not on a team in May and having to report in July, like a two-month flip. And sure enough, the, it, uh, I forgot to mention, we did get a new coach, but he was the assistant coach from the team, so he knew me. It wasn't like we got a new hire. Weren't working know? hard enough, this assistant coach? Yeah, oh. yeah he, you know, he would tell me in practice, um, I need more. And so I'd be like, okay, and I would... I think I was going to be doing more. He's like, you're doing more, but I still need more. And at a certain point, it was like, what is more? Like, you're not giving me something specific. Mm-hmm. And it was just a constant battle my entire sophomore year. And it just came to a point where they basically said that they didn't think I could help them win. And obviously, while it sucked, I told my team, I said, you know, today, Johnny... Torrent decided that I should not return to the team in the fall. And a lot of the kids on the team texted my brother asking, like, what's happening? Because they didn't, you know, they didn't know if they should reach out to me. And, and a few of the seniors actually went and talked to Johnny about the decision, thinking that it was a mistake that he was doing it. But he said his decision was final. And, um, yeah, that was the end of my playing career. So I was a little bitter at the end. And I'm not the biggest fan of that, you know, what, how, how it happened. I think if they were going to let me go, 
they at least could have given me a little more time to find somewhere to go. But, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's a business and they made their decision. Um, and it happened. I obviously, I was a little, not a little, I was very upset and, and mad when it happened. But, you know, I, I've gotten over it and just feel the fire. Right. I think that it's an interesting situation for anyone that kind of listens and is like, oh, okay, the transfer process and um, kind of the way it works. But that's not a simple wall to get past, you know? Like, it's it, it really put you, and you know this better than anyone, it really put you in a time crunch because, and it'll go into the next question of what you did next, but it really puts you in a situation where you almost had to look at yourself like, what am I supposed to do, you know? Yeah, so basically, obviously, what I did next year. So my old coach, Raul Palmar, had a good connect at LMU, and LMU was looking for a left back. And this was when I first said, you know, when they first told me they, they were questioning about bringing me back. So he said, you know, you can get your release now. I can help. You try to get you to LMU. But I was, you know, thinking there's no way they'd wait this long. It's funny because the night before we had a team dinner and I was there. Right. So I was thinking, you know, there's no way. It happened. Um, they put me in the transfer portal. I got a lot of schools emailing me, you know, like a Creighton kid leaving. They, a lot of schools, but a lot of them were, were back east, Division two, Division three, And and in my head, I'm thinking, like, there's no way. Like, I know I am good enough to play Division one, And... Obviously, like I said prior, the chances of you getting to a Division One school in a two a matter of two months, when their rosters are probably filled, they're gearing up with all their new commits for July to get ready for preseason. Like, there's no way. So, I was talking to a lot of schools, and ultimately decided that junior college was going to be the best thing soccer-wise, just to, you know take a step back, look back at what previously happened, and, you know, make a good decision, not jump into something that I don't want. So, like, I was talking to school in Hawaii, school in Tennessee, school in Montana, a couple of schools in California, but was like, you know, junior college is going to help me look at what I can really do and what I really want to do. So I ended up going to... Cerritos College in Norwalk, um, who had just came off of a national championship season. And, you know, I had an amazing time there. Built friendships with people that come from tons of different walks of life. A lot of my teammates were, basically actually all my teammates were Hispanic from like inner cities kind of thing. And, you know, really, Help me see how like lucky and fortunate I was growing up, and all these kids, most of all these kids, all they knew was soccer, and that pushed me even harder to get back to where I was. You know, like the difference between where I was and then, you know, junior college. Like at Crane, I was getting taught, like loads of gear, just like they were just handing it out. And at Cerritos, like we didn't, we got practice shirts that were like off brand. Like we had to return our practice shorts like kind of things and it was probably one of the best experiences I had like I played with some amazing talent like one of my teammates is going to UCLA uh, one is going to UC Irvine and then one is kind of up in the air what are you doing so I was surrounded by amazing talent and amazing people um, and we made a run to the final four we lost unfortunately but you know, it, it helped me gain my confidence back. Because obviously when, you, when you're when you told, you know, we, we don't think you can help us win. You know, that that's something that really, you know, resonates with you. Like, damn, like this, this guy thinks like I can't help the team. And so it was kind of like my mission to, to help win. And um, I started all 25 games into the Final Four. Um, obviously we didn't, we didn't get to where we wanted, which was the national championship, national championship game. But, you know, we, we made a good run. And um, my coach, Benny Arteaga, was 
was amazing. He helped me through everything, like taking calls for me from coaches, bringing them into games. Um, so honestly, it was it was definitely the best decision was to take a step back, you know, play how I want to play, you know, and express myself, which, which this team really allowed me to do. And uh, ultimately, it led me to where I am now. Uh, right and yeah i mean i think you said it there it really sounds like it was an opportunity for you to just kind of look and understand really what the situation was and and what you could make out of it exactly like obviously like going from a division one school with like all these nice big buildings with like all designated business school designated nursing school it's like a junior college with no budgets kind of thing, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the differences with how much you can help someone. Anything to add on that, Jay? No. Um, so Dom, looking, looking at the end of your semester at Cerritos, um, just kind of walk us through what that process looked like, what your main options were, and ultimately why San Francisco was the best choice. Yeah, so, um, Leonard, uh, and head coach of San Francisco drove four and a half hours coming to watch a game, which was obviously eye-opening. You know, a coach driving four and a half hours to watch some plays is, is something you you take into account. And um, Leonard, who was previously UCLA assistant, won the national championship at UCLA as a player, was up at Portland as an assistant coach, and then took the assistant coaching, or uh, sorry, head coaching job at, at San Francisco. He played on the last, you know, he, he's a great guy. Um, so he was always reaching out to me, uh, calling me, asking me how I was, how the season was going, how the classes were going. And while I was getting a lot of, you know, I was getting contacted by a lot of places, um, like other schools, like Northridge and places like that, um, he was really the one who was consistent. Um, educationally, it was probably the best school. Um, University of San Francisco is also a Jesuit school. I went to a Jesuit high school. It's a small school like Creighton, small campus, a big city feel, you know, small class size. And, and at the end of the day, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Um, they were, they're coming off probably one of their worst seasons. Um, but, I mean, Leonard got hired in April of the spring and had probably a grand total two, three, maybe three weeks with them before they started their fall season. So, obviously, adapting to a new coach, a new system in three weeks is, is virtually impossible when other Division One schools have been training with their coach for a couple of years now, um, and Leonard's a great recruiter. I know what he can do. I know the staff is amazing at, at San Francisco, and, and it felt like an opportunity to where I can come in and help this, you know, the thing, you know, I can help this team win. And, you know, as much as I try not to think about what happened at Creighton, that's basically what I want to do is, uh, you know, help a team win and prove that. Obviously, I never doubt myself, and I never doubt that I can help a team win, but, you know, it, it's, like I said, like, fuel a fire when you're told you can't help a team win, and, and you come back and, and prove what you can do. So, you know, there was tons of reasons San Francisco was was a place I wanted to be, but the coaching staff's amazing, school's amazing, city's amazing. Um, when I went up on a trip uh, visit, it was an amazing visit. They made me feel, you know, welcomed, and, and it was really no pain for me. All right. And then, Jay, any questions? Did you have any other doubts about going to San Francisco, or um, like it was the right choice at the time? No. Uh, usually when, when I try to make a decision, I try to be, you know, 100% on it. And when I make it, you know, it's like, I need, I, this is what I've chosen, I'm going to make the most of it. And I, I still haven't seen a doubt and or uh, I haven't questioned my decision. I know I was only there for a month and a half. 
before everything happened. But, um, I mean, the month and a half I was there was great. You know, the team welcomed me. School was great. I met a bunch of cool people. And, you know, the coaching staff lived up to what I thought it was. You know, they uh, great coaching staff with a lot of experience and want to keep the standard high and know what, what the team can do with the new recruits, with the returners that they have. And, you know, they're, they're ready to make the best of it as, as long as I am. So I don't, I don't think I have had any doubts so far questioning the decision I made. I'm pretty happy with it. No, I'm glad. And, I mean, you and I have talked extensively about kind of your individual journey, and, and you know I have a lot of respect for you. So um, it's kind of good to hear you explain it all and, and hear you put it all out on a plate. So I'm really excited to see how it all goes up at San Francisco. You know that, um, obviously, when everything gets back to normal. So definitely, definitely a crazy journey. But I think you know that it'll all be worth it in the end. Yeah, definitely. There's a blessing in disguise, in a way. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought, you know, it's at a certain point, you know, if you're not wanted somewhere, why be there, you know, and get to somewhere where you're wanted and prove yourself, so definitely. Two final questions before we get into a couple of these fan questions um, and and wrap up from there. First, um, if you could go through the entire process again, high school, college, uh, Cerritos, now at San Francisco... Would you do anything different, and if so, what would you have done? Um, I I don't think I would change anything about staying like you know, club in high school. Um, I went to Loyola, which was a, probably one of the best experiences of my life. I want to see I think they changed it there. I actually went to a different high school at first, but I spent my last three years at Loyola, which was amazing. And um, I think the difference, the one thing I would just say was would be start sooner. But other than that, I don't think I would really change a thing. You know, Creighton was was what it was. I made probably some of the best friendships I've ever made at that school. And if I never would have made that decision to go there in the first place, I never would have made them. Um, you know, I could have easily decided, okay, I want to, decided to get my transfer portal, you know, and put it in the fall, but I decided not to. I decided, you know, stick it out, and and it didn't work, but, you know, then I got to see a whole different side of, of life and what, what there is out there, and, you know, I learned a ton from every experience, so I, as much as, like, all the roller coaster ride that it was, I really don't think I would, I would change it at all. I've had fun. There's been tons of ups and downs, like I said, but it's definitely been been a good fun ride and ended or it it's been a good story so far, so it's gonna keep writing. Definitely, definitely. And lastly, um, what advice would you give to any young players going through the college recruitment process right now? If you could summarize it in one um, cohesive um, piece of advice. Um, I'd say be yourself. Don't, you know, change for Anything, you know, I think a lot of times people try to change depending on what school they're talking to, but at the end of the day, you just have to be yourself and be true who you are. And if you're if you're that good, you will be seen by a coach, whether it's you're already in college professionally or if you're not, if you're going to look for a college. And when I say that, obviously everyone loves committing to the big schools, committing to the big names. But would you rather sit on the bench for three years or make an impact at a school that may not have as big as a name right off the bat and you get experience like no other? Those those pro coaches will see that impact you made no matter what school you're at. So in the college recruiting process, it's not all about the big schools. The big schools will be there, yes. They'll get whoever they want. But it's up to you to, to make the right decision for you, not for, you know, oh, I, I'm at this big school, but I'm not playing, you know? Definitely. Anything, Jay? No, I mean, that's, that's very important information and good 
for people, especially kids that are looking to play in college, to remember is not always about the big schools and to uh, think about what fits them best and how if they want to play, they don't need to always go to like the Creightons or, you know, the, um, I don't know what the big schools nowadays. Lake <laughs> or North Carolina, you know. Yeah. It's just like, you just find the, find the right place for you that you feel like it's going to fit the best. Yeah. All right. Well, I really do appreciate you, Dom, coming and sharing your story. Um, so let's get into some of these fan questions. There's a lot of them that just are ridiculous. You got you got more fan questions than Preston, and all of Preston's were serious. So yours are a lot of yours are odd. So we'll go we'll go to a couple a couple of them because a lot of them got covered um, in the interview. So describe being front row at Travis Scott in two words. Hectic and chaotic. Hectic and chaotic. When was that? When did you? When was that? I went in December of, so like my sophomore year, uh, right before winter break. Oh, wow. That's crazy. If you could fly privately anywhere in the U.S. right now, where would where would it be? With the current, like, like state of everything, like, I can't do anything? No. <laughs> Best case scenario. I'll probably go to, like, Miami or something. That's a good answer. I haven't a... been to Miami. That's a good answer. You've never been to Miami, you said? I've never been to Florida. Oh, it's nice. It's real nice. Two more. One, how do you mentally prepare yourself for a game? Um, I do the same routine probably every game day. Um, I wake up, and I always shower in the morning. And I always, always, always have a bowl of cereal. And then you know, I just go through my day, whatever I have to do, whether it's class or whatever it is. And then when it comes time, I get to the locker room. I put on my pregame playlist, get my ankles wrapped, and then um, put on my right sock first. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I listen to Lose Yourself by Eminem. That's the last song I listen to. In the next one. So you're, you're a routine guy. You're a... Yeah. Interesting. Huh? I'm, I'm very uh, superstitious too, and part of it comes from me playing baseball. But um, there's a rule like don't step on the line of game day. It's kind of a joke. So like every time I go on this field, like I will, like if you will ever see me, I'll like make sure like I jump over the line. Like I, it's weird. I always do it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I never step on like the line when it's game day. I mean, hey, if it works, right? Yeah. What was your favorite part about Creighton? Just if you can pick something, what was your favorite part? Probably all the. I don't know if you came on all the time when you were there, but all the target runs that me and uh, Warsay, Carlos, and um, Austin went on. Mm -hmm. That or um, there was a group of friends after they left that I had um, Stratton, Nate, and Tyler. Just being in their room. And just watching, you know, Rick and Morty till God knows how late, just, you know, being a college student and then going to Sonic at like one more. Some good times at Creighton for sure. Definitely. All right, well, I mean, that basically wraps it up for me. Justin, you got anything? Uh, no, nothing really. I'm just going to comment on his uh, assistant coach over there. It's like childhood friend, uh, Javi. Coach Hill. Oh, yeah, Hill. Oh, yeah, Hobby? Yeah, he's, uh, I've known him since probably like uh, 10 years old, and I played club soccer with him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I, I love Hobby, yeah. Super cool, right? Yeah. But, yeah, man, well, I appreciate you coming on the pod, brother, and, and sharing your story, and, you know, I'm really excited to, to see how you shake it up up at San Francisco this fall. Definitely. All right, Dom, thanks again, man. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. All right. Thank you again to Dom for coming on this week. Really great to hear about his process and going from Creighton to Cerritos and how that experience at a junior college really set him up to get the chance to play at San Francisco. Anything, Jay? What I really appreciate from Dom is he really brought forth what it means to have different paths in life, especially for these young players wanting to play at these big schools. It's important to find that spot, that right spot for you and Keep the love for the game. And I think Dom 
definitely gave us that uh, insight. I appreciate it, though. Definitely, definitely. Well, there you have it. That's our week's main takeaway is maintain that love for the game no matter what adversity you go through. So we really do appreciate Dom coming on, and we're looking forward to having my really, really good friend, Akili Kasim next week. Akili has an interesting story, too, because he started at a junior college and then is now getting the chance to play at Seattle University. So really looking forward to getting him on next week. Anything, Jay? Looking forward to uh, getting him on. It should be a good, interesting uh, story starting from a uh, junior college and making his way to a uh, four-year. should be good. Yep. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week. We really do appreciate your continued support and spreading the word about our project here. So make sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, whoever you know that might be interested in hearing about the college soccer experience. Um, And be sure to tune in next week when we get the chance to speak with Akili. So um, take care, everyone. See you later.